Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Last week, I was waiting on the Lord and I was asking the Lord, Lord, give me a word for this Sunday. And I woke up from a dream. And when I woke up from the dream, I knew that's the word for the church and for me. So the dream was like this. I was, in a, I was taken into a very high secure prison. And the prison had a huge, big wall, thick walls and large grills and people, the prisoners were inside in the cell and they were, they were totally hopeless. They had no, uh, no hope of coming out of that cell. And I walked past that uh, uh, place and I went deep and it was getting darker. Somewhere down, you know, uh, in the center of the prison, I saw a very vibrant church. It was very colorful and people were happy and it was church happening in that place. Now I walked back and I saw, when I was walking back and I saw the cells remained the same. The walls were the same and the grills were the same and people inside were still having no hope. And that's when I woke up. And when I woke up, I knew that the word for the church was, was from this dream. And so I connected back to the to- topic that we have to grow in excellence. And the Lord reminded me of when Paul and Silas was in the prison. When Paul and Silas went into the prison, the foundations of the prison ground shook. When Paul and Silas were in the prison, not only their chains broke, but every prisoner's were bro- chains were broke and they were released and they were, they were free. And I believe that's the influence of church in every prison-like situation. And God is calling us as a body to move into marketplaces, to move into places where there is need for deliverance. And there we are not a happy people. We are there to influence our world around that place. We have been sent into that place. We are not there as an accident to in a school or in, in, in some hospital or in some workplace or in techno park, in some, in some IT companies. We are not there just to do the coding, just to do the teaching, but we are there to influence. We are there to bring the power of God in that place. We have been sent with an assignment. And the Lord, I believe in this year, the Lord is building the church as we have the word from the Lord to expand the tent. The Lord is building the church and building the church to take us to the marketplace where the prisons cannot be a prison anymore. Where the chains must break, where deliverance must happen, where breakthroughs must happen, where wisdom of God must prevail, where the, where the solutions from God has to come. And that is why we have been sent into different places. And when I woke up, I realized that's the word for us. We cannot be a happy church on a Sunday. I know some of us fake it out on a Sunday. Some of us are genuinely happy on a Sunday. But what really matters is what we are doing on a Monday to Saturday. Because we are taking the power of God into those places. If we are taking the power of God, the presence of God, the word of God, the, the, the anointing of God into places where others cannot reach. And that's why God has positioned us in those places. I want to let you know we are all with an assignment. God has put an assignment over our life. How many of us believe that we are on an assignment? 
All right, if you believe on this, I'm believing the Lord to do a work in our life. Because the Word of God is full of living power. And if the Word which is full of living power is released, it has to demonstrate its power. And the Lord's work, the Lord, when He demonstrates His power of His Word, it transforms our life. Today, I want a transformation in my life. Do you want a transformation in your life? If you want a transformation in your life, I think we need to ask God for it. Because when we ask, when two or three agree and pray, what does God do? No, you don't know that? When two or three agree and pray, what does God do? God answers. And if we agree and pray, Lord, do a transformation work in my life by your word, will God do it? Then let's pray. Can we all stand up and pray? Father, this morning we look to you, Lord. Lord, we want, we, we, we want to confess that, Lord, your word is powerful. Your word is living. Your word is active. For those who are in the house here and for those who are listening online, for those who are going to listen this in the future, everyone, God, this word is powerful. Because it is not our word, this is a word from heaven. Lord, this is your spoken word. You spoke and there was the creation. You said, let there be light and there was light because there is no other option. That's the power of your word. We thank you that the power of word, Lord, the power of your word will manifest in our midst today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in our midst today. But we want to open our life, Holy Spirit. We open our life, Holy Spirit, and we pray, position us to manifest your power wherever you send us, O oh God. Do a deep work in our life. And I want that to be your prayer today. Do a deep work in my life today. Jesus, do a deep work in my life. Lord, I don't want to be the way I was yesterday. I want to be different, O oh God. I want to be the way you want me to be, O oh God. Do a deep work in our life, Lord. Spirit of God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you're churning up our spirit. Thank you that you're transforming us. Spirit of God, you take over. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Give God a good hand and glory to God. Take your seat. Bless your neighbor. Tell them hello, hi. And tell them, tell your neighbor, I am on an assignment. As a church, we have been sent to different places, into different assignments, into different vocations, into different job situations, but we are all on an assignment from God. When God, God sent a word to Noah to build the ark, Noah had an assignment. Moses, he called him to take millions of Israelites out of Egypt. But he had written that assignment at the time he was born. His assignment was with him even before he was born. When God called Jeremiah, he said, I knew you. I have seen you in your mother's womb. But I have assigned an assignment to you to become the prophet to nations. Then the assignments are wired in us even before we were born. Esther was chosen to be a queen to save Israelites. That assignment was in her even before she was born. 
for such a time as this. That's the assignment for Esther. Nehemiah had an assignment inside of him to rebuild the walls. Likewise, everyone in the place here today, everyone who's listening online, everyone who's going to listen this word in the future, I want to tell you that God has an assignment over your life. Whether you feel it or not, whether in the morning when you woke up today, you do not feel like, you know, why, what, what on earth I'm here for? Whether you felt that, you know, I'm useless. Whether you felt that it is, it is so boring. It is so dull. But I want you to know the will of the Father. The will of the Father is even before you were born, He had fixed an assignment for your life. He has fixed a purpose for your life. And He is committed to bring that purpose in your life. When Jonah, Jonah had an assignment. When Jonah tried to sidetrack, God pulled him back. God will not allow you to go run away from your assignment because that assignment is written in your heart. He has wired you such a way. He's given you the skills. He's given you the talents. He's given you the anointing. He's taught you over a period of time that assignment is inside of you. Today, my prayer is you will activate that assignment. You will, you will stand up to that assignment. You will go into your positions telling that this is what God has assigned me for, for this season. And you will accomplish that so that in the Day when God will call us back, you will say, I have accomplished everything that you have assigned me for. You can tell that only when we start accomplishing it on everyday basis. And I want you to know God has an assignment over your life. Jeremiah 1.1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and have appointed you a prophet to the nation. That was, for a long time I thought, that's for Jeremiah, not for me. But that's the heart of the Father. That's the heart of the Father for every one of us. Just that the last phrase, appointed you a prophet to the nation, could be different for all of us. But the fact is, He formed you and me in our mother's womb. He stitched us together, and He was getting excited about the assignments that He's putting inside of us. That's the truth. He knew you and me even before we were born. And he consecrated us, telling that I want to set him apart to take him to Technopark. I want to set him apart to take him to the hospital. I want to set him apart to take him to the education. I want to set him apart to take him to the media. I want to set him apart to run family. I want to set him apart to raise children. So God has plans and he has consecrated each one of us with a very specific assignment. I want you to close your eyes and hear this word. Let this sink into our spirit. And I want you to know that he is telling this to you as an individual. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, says the Lord. And before you were born, I set you apart. And I have appointed you with a specific assignment. I want you to receive this word. How many of you receive this word? Would you want to shout an amen? 
Because God has an appointment for you. He's assigned. When you receive an appointment letter, what do you do? Yeah? You, you sign it or you accept the appointment letter. And today morning, I want you to accept this appointment letter from God. When He says, I have an assignment and I have appointed you for that assignment. Can we say, Lord, I accept that appointment? All right. That's, then we'll need to look at what we do with this appointment. You know what? The servant girl in Naaman's house, Naaman was a general. There was a servant girl. She was a captive and she was more like a slave in a general's house. But she had an assignment from God. And what was the assignment? To refer a prophet in the land. That's her assignment. And it could be any job, any place that you are. I, I don't want to, you know, say something is better than other. No. Any job, any place, if you're positioned there, God has an assignment at that place. Be it as a servant, be it as, as a janitor, be it in the boardroom, be it in the programming, God has an assignment for you. Tell your neighbor, I have an assignment from God. When you get an appointment letter, what's your level of excitement? You're sad. Oh, I got appointed into this. Yeah? But that's exactly how you said, I have an assignment from God. Can you express it with some joy that I have an assignment from God? Yeah? Tell your neighbor, I have an assignment from God. Tell it on the other side. I have an assignment from God. Once in a prayer meeting, a preacher said, the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. So there was another man in that prayer meeting who heard this word and said, by God's grace, I will be that man. And that was D.L. Modi. And I believe every assignment which God has in our life if we say, Lord, I receive that assignment. Okay, what God can do through your life, my life, is beyond what we can think or imagine. Simply because when God deals with us, it is God's size. It's not a human size. So when He has positioned us in different place, it is for a God-sized purpose. It is for a God-sized plan. So let's not take it very lightly. So, Tell your neighbor once again, I am on an assignment. So what do we do with this assignment? God has his own positioning system. And there are so many things that influence the culture and the minds of people and, and, and defines how to run this world. And there are there is, there, is, there is a concept of seven mountains. Many of you would have uh, heard that. I don't want to talk from a seven mountains perspective, but they are influences in our society. The seven mountains are the religion the ch the, or the church, education, family, government, media, arts, business, and finance. And these are different areas which is influencing the thinking, the system, the culture of this world. And God has positioned us in each of the seven spheres or even more. And positioned us in that spheres to be a blessing, to be an influence, to demonstrate God's power in those places, to take the presence and the word and to disciple in those places. Take about religion. You know, there is so much of confusion about religion and there is, there is so much that church has to rise up to bring what is the right thinking from a religion perspective in the world. 
Think about education. I, I sometimes feel education is messed up. In fact, there was a research that was done to compare education uh, system with prison. And they saw a lot of comparison between that. You see that? Classroom, cell, uh, timings, timings, calendar, you know, timetable, timetable, uniform, standing in straight lines, discipline, warden. You see that? And in fact, they had a lot more resemblance. Um, what's that? Punishment? <laughs> All right. So, so the question that was asked was, is, is our education system built for behavioral changes for just like prisoners? It's not. So there is so much that has to be done in the education system. And that's a God-sized problem. For God-sized problem, you need a God-sized solution. And the solution could be you or me. When there is a need for a deliverance, what does God do? What does God do? He sends a deliverer. When there is a need for a healing, what does He do? He sends a healer. When there is a need for a solution, what does He do? He sends you and me. We are positioned there to bring some God-sized solutions. And, and we need to know that's our place of assignment. Family. Family is kind of, there's so much of disruption today in the family structure. And that's why we have been sent into certain places to re-establish God's way of setting up family. So, so we have been sent with a purpose in those places. Government. Um, Talk about it. There's so much of a chaos. There is so much of a confusion. There is so much not in the right places. And God sends his people. God sent Joseph. Where did he send? To Egypt. Where did he go? To a palace. God sent Daniel. Where did he go? To the king's palace. And what do you do in the king's palace? Governance. What about um, business? There are so many things that is going wrong in businesses. And the Lord is sending some of us into places, into corporate, into boardrooms, and, and uh, getting us to establish businesses in different areas. And we cannot afford to shy away from that assignment. We are sent there to re-establish God's way of doing business. Arts. Talk about, even talk about uh, the dance, the, the, the music, and how distorted and how it can distort the minds of the young ones today. And how manipulative that it can change the thinking of the people. It kind of establishes the culture of the land through music, through dance, through arts, through different forms, theaters, and stuff like that. And I don't think so. We need to shy away from there. We need to be there. We need to bring the glory of God in that place. We need to be better than the rest in that place. Media, and media today is the most confusing thing. If, if, I'm, I'm, we really do not know what is, a good, good, uh, what is the right news or a fake news today. Every kind of news is bombarded onto people. And WhatsApp becomes the main channel of news these days. You know, I, I, I'm not a breakfast person. So I got a, uh, you know, a, a research-based video telling that breakfast is harmful for body. You see that? That's what I wanted to hear. So that's the news I liked. So you have different options. You know, I have seen breakfast, most important one. Breakfast, not good. Breakfast, uh, like a king. Breakfast, like a poor person. You have 
so many varieties of news happening in WhatsApp. And we think WhatsApp is the source of our news. The media is, is become so corrupt. You know of houses where, where, you know, it's totally paid news these days. How much more we need to be there. We need to be there. Economy, finances. You know, I, I don't see too many believers picking up economics as a subject. I do not know why. But that's a very important topic to learn, to understand how the economy of a large nation operates. If you ask a believer what is GDP, they will not understand that word. Am I right in saying that? Shall I ask that question, what is GDP? Who would like to answer? No, don't do that. <laughs> All right. So, you know why? We need to be really informed. We need people who will make the right decision. You know, it's not about healing the sick, but some of our systems are sick. I want to let you know, God has a, a tied assignment on your life and has positioned you in different spheres of influence. And you cannot take that lightly. We need to accept that assignment, position ourselves there, and do what God wants us to do. Do you want to receive that? You want to say amen to it? All right. So what do we do in such places? Can we go through a few scriptures? Uh, can we turn to Daniel chapter 1? Are we there? Daniel chapter 1. All right. So here is a story where uh, some young youths from Israel was taken as captive to a different kingdom, Babylon, and they were trained. They were they were they were uh, trained to become the, the 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 officers in that place. And one among them was Daniel. Verse four: Youths in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had the ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered him to teach them the literature and the language of Chaldeans. These are, these are Israelites' young boys. Talk about them. They were no, having no defect. They were good-looking, and they were showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge. They worked hard. They studied. They came to church, probably, synagogue, but they did study. They gained the knowledge. They worked hard. Why? Because they were wired with an assignment. Now, some of us might be thinking, what is my assignment? Where am I placed for? You know, let's start with very simple thing. What are you wired for? What's some of your basic skills and talents? I remember when I was in standard 7, standard 8, I used to learn by teaching others. I felt, you know, if I study myself, I found it very difficult. But if I study by teaching somebody, I'd be able to understand better. And they can claim that, you know, it helped them. And some of them really did well in life. I'm connected with them too. So, so I, th I thought it was working. And I did that. Even in my 10th, I, I, I learned by teaching. I never knew that I, that was a skill wired inside of me. And I could do that as a one-on-one. -on -one. But one to many, even if it is a school classroom, I cannot because I was very shy and I was afraid of people. I would not stand before people. Now, when I look back in the last so many years, I have taught so many people. 
And it is, it's inside, it's wide inside of me. It, I, I just get energized in the morning if I know I have to teach somebody. Not that like teaching a lesson, I'll teach him a lesson. No, no, not that way. If, <laughs> if somebody, if I have to teach them a topic for them to understand, it just energizes me. And, and over a period of time, God has helped me walk around the fear, the Goliath, the fear about um, meeting people, talking to people. That's been removed. So I've been able to teach well. Uh, at least that's what people have told. Uh, many have come back and asked me, uh, how do you do this? What's so different about you? And there are quite a number of places I have told, hey, that's the skill that God has given me. And then I've talked to them about God. But they valued what I have delivered there. Why? Because that is written in my assignment. Now some of you might be thinking, so what's my skill? So here is a test for you. All right, can we do that? How many of you would want to know what's my skill and talents? Yeah, so here is a test for you. If the wages for any kind of work will remain the same, let's say, a doctor working for one hour gets 100 rupees. Somebody who is cleaning the floor, working for one hour, still gets 100 rupees. Somebody who is teaching a group of students, still gets 100 rupees. Somebody who is paying, playing music, still gets 100 rupees. Somebody who is singing, still gets 100 rupees per one, for one hour. So the wages across is the same. What would you like to do? What will excite you to do? Does something come in your mind? It's wide inside of you. That's something which you love doing. So if you give me hey, 100 rupees per hour, everybody's 100 rupees per hour, I will say I'll teach young adults. Because that's my skills, that's my passion, and that's what I'm getting paid for. The combination of all the three gets me excited for my work that day. You see that? So it's not about, our assignment is not about the money. Money will come later. I will show you from scripture, but it will come later. But it is about positioning what God wants you to do. When that servant girl was in Naman's, um, um, the, the general's house, her assignment was to refer to a prophet. You see that? That's her passion, to refer people to the prophet. That's what she likes to wake up for. What is that you love to wake up for? I know some of you do struggle to wake up in the morning. Um, that's because you really do not know what you're wired for. I want you to really seek the Lord and know that there is something that you're wired for. You have an assignment and you want to wake up in the morning for that particular reason. Do you? What do you love the most? Make that your assignment. Because that's what you would like to think. That's what you like to discuss. That's what you like to do. Because that will keep you energized. And that's what is God wired you for. If you do not get the answer to this two question, then let's take it reverse. What is that you hate the most? Probably God is calling you to rectify what you hate the most. Like for example, when Jesus went to the temple, it was not used in the right fashion. What happened to him? Righteous anger got into him. He hated it. Why? Because he wanted to restore how the temple of God needs to be. So if something that you're hating, you, don't, you hate corruption, you call to bring some clarity there. 
You see something is not being done right, you want to do some correction there. You see somebody is not teaching or not treating the children well, you want to do that well. You see that something that you hate the most, probably you're called to rectify. Moses hated slavery because the deliverer was written in his assignment and that angered him. And that's how he was positioned for the deliverer. If not this three, think about, look around, think about some problem that needs to be solved. Because the world around has got so many things to solve. And something would be exciting for you to solve that problem. You see, if, if transportation is a problem, probably it excites you to solve that problem. If the waste is a waste management in the city is a problem that is bothering you, I, I'm sure most of us might not be thinking, maybe one person is thinking, that's your assignment. You're, you're thinking about it, you're trying to solve that. You see that? Or, or the fake news is a problem and you want to stand against it. So, you, you need to be thinking about that. Probably you're called to solve a problem. So it could be about the skills that God has wired you with. It is something which you love the most or something that you hate so that it needs to be rectified or a problem that needs to be solved. Like when Joseph's time, there was a problem. There was a famine. And God had positioned him to solve that famine problem. And likewise, God has positioned you for some of this assignment. And I want you to know that you, are, you have an assignment over your life. Can you tell that louder? I have an assignment over my life. So how do I respond to this assignment? And this verse, I want every one of us to memorize it. Colossians 3.23. We did this last week as well. Whatever you do. How do you do that? How do you do that? Why don't you want to read it even? Whatever you do, do it half-heartedly. Whatever you do, do you do it the way you want it to do? Do it with... With... How, how, how would it appear when you do what is assigned to you with a whole art? Will there be a difference? Will there be a difference? Whatever you do, in, in Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. All your might. You're singing, sing with all your might. You're dancing, dance with all your might. You're playing, play with all your might. You're, you're coding, code with all your might. You're teaching, teach with all your might. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto, as unto the Lord. We are not working for our managers, directors, um, you know, all that earthly positions, we are working unto, we are working unto the Lord. We need to give an answer to the Lord because the way you do your assignment is what you will be rewarded, rewarded for. Let's read this word. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as the Lord rather than for men. Move on to the next verse. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Where will you get you where where will you get the reward from? From the Lord. For what? For what? For what? For what? For the way you did your work. 
whatever you do that is doing, that's doing. Anybody here who doesn't have a work, I want to pray for you. Because Bible says if you don't work, you're not eligible to even eat. Sorry, that hurt somebody. But that's what the word says. You need to put your hand to work. When you put your hand to work, and when you do it with all your heart, and when the Lord's blessing is upon it, the Lord will not only reward you on this earth, but He will reward you in heaven. Your reward, your judgment is on what you did with what was assigned to you. If you believe that I am, I am on an assignment, how you do your assignment matters. And this morning, I want to encourage you, have a different perspective on how you work out your assignment. Do you have an assignment? How do you work on your assignment matters. Let's look at what do we do. So Daniel, you, so, you know, they were captured, they were taken into uh, Babylon. The king's the king appointed for them a daily ration from the king. I'm reading verse 5. The king's choice food and from the wine which he drank and appointed that they should be educated three years. They were undergoing three years of training. And at the end of which, they were to enter the king's personal service. All right. Now, young boys, they were captured, moved away from their family, all right, taken into a different land. Can you imagine if that family... I'm sure the family would have prayed to get them back, right? When Joseph was lost you know, into another country, he was taken away into another country, do you think that parents, his, his father would have prayed? Because his father loved Joseph, right? That's what the Bible says. Hey guys, I want an answer. What if God answered that prayer? Joseph was there in an assignment and he was there to solve a famine problem. Not only that, there are other assignments. I'm just telling you, he was there to solve a famine problem. God sent him there. Likewise, Daniel was sent to a different place and he was taught for three years. You, you know what, in that three years, what they learned? You want to see the results that they got? Turn to me with, to, pay, to verse 19. The king talked with them. What's that? At the end of your three years, the king talked to them. What do you call that? Is that an interview? Yeah. Or a group discussion? Or a panel discussion? Yeah? Something like that? And what did they do? They were evaluating. And out of them, out of them all, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's personal service. Students in this room, Students, you are listening to me. That's the assignment Daniel had to go through three years of training, education. And they did their best that they were 10 times better than the rest. When the test came, for them it was an interview. For you it could be a written paper and a written paper and an interview. When test came, test came they did 10 times better than the rest. I know parents are thinking, yeah, Please preach it, you know. That's good. But parents, I want to tell you that you have an assignment. I have an assignment. And when we go through those tests, we got to be 10 times better. You know why? Just like for Daniel, Bible says in chapter 6, that he had an extraordinary spirit. 
He had an excellent spirit. The spirit of God was upon him. Like the first anointing in the Bible is referred to Bezalel, where Bezalel was a carpenter or a craftsman. And the first anointing was not on a preacher. Are you okay, guys? Are you with me? The first anointing was not for the people who were standing in the front. The first anointing was for the people who were in the marketplace. Making things, doing work. Anointing is to get you to do things the way God wants you to do. Anointing is activated and enables you to deliver God-sized solutions. And that anointing was upon Daniel. And when Daniel operated in that anointing, what was the result? He was 10 times better. And I don't see it as one-off case. I see that's the heart of the Father for each one of us. If we believe we are on an assignment, if we take that position of our assignment and we know God has planted there, it is not for us to be there as a mediocre, as an average or an above average. God's plan for us is to be 10 times better in that place. 10 times better in that place. And He doesn't want you to do that by your, your own self. He gives us the whole package to enable us. Do you understand what's a package? It's a full package. And how is that? The very person of the Holy Spirit with you. Holy Spirit is not a force. We all know that. He's a person. So when you are in your boardroom, you're not alone. You are with a person. When others in the boardroom are alone, their resources are limited. You are there with the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just that. You have the scripture, which is the word of God. The wisdom of God is with you. And the Holy Spirit reminds you from the scripture, the principles of God. In any of the seven spheres you go in, in any of the cultural elements that you go in, there you're sitting, not alone. You have the, the, the very person. Jesus said, it is good that I go. Because when I go, you will receive a person. In Daniel's time, only few would receive the person of the Holy Spirit. But in the new covenant, Jesus said, when I go, I will send you a person. That's for whom? That's for whom? For all of us. So that in whichever spheres we are, we have the person of the Holy Spirit. And who is he like? Jesus said, he's exactly like me. To be with you forever, not on a Sunday. Forever. So that would mean if you're sitting in the boardroom, you're, you're treating a patient, you're on the operation theater, you're in your classroom, you're in your business, you're in your desk, I want you to know that you, you better keep a chair next to you as well. Imaginary. The person of the Holy Spirit is with you. That's not the complete package yet. You have the scripture, the word of God, the knowledge and the wisdom, not on the earthly standard, but in God's standard. Why? Because you're there to solve God-sized problem. God-sized problem requires God-sized solution, which is there in the scripture. It's not just that. He says, my grace is enough for you. And he enables you with his grace. You have the presence of the Lord. You have the word of God. You have the grace. He says, no, that's not the complete package. I'm going to anoint you. Anointing of Bezalel upon your life. Just like he anointed Bezalel to do the craft work, he anoints you to teach. 
He anoints you to sing. He anoints you to do the surgery. He anoints you to do the programming. He anoints you to speak. He anoints you to the presentation. He anoints you to do different work in different areas. He's anointed you. And that's not an anointing of a man. It's an anointing of God, the Father. When the anointing of God manifests, and there you're sitting on the boardroom, I want you to activate all the resources, fully aware that you are there on an assignment. Then we will be 10 times better than the rest as it is in Daniel. Why? Why is that important? Turn to page, turn to the second chapter. Verse 47. Second chapter, verse 47. When Daniel went through his training, he did it according to the God's way. He was in king's palace. He was activating the anointing. Verse 47. The king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries since you have been able to reveal this mystery. What is, God, what is uh, the king saying? He's acknowledging the God of Daniel. Now when Daniel speaks, will the king listen? Hello? Will the king listen? He will listen because Daniel has built his credibility by showing that he's better than the rest. I don't want you to get into a competitive mentalism. I want you to know with what God has given to you, are you doing your best? I want you to know, are you 10 times better because of God's grace and enablement so that others will come and ask you, how do you do this? What's so different about you? Tell me about your God. That's the time to reveal God to their life. You know, I'm, I'm not a very big fan of sticking a, a bumper sticker. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that true? That is true. But it has to reflect in your life for me to hear what you, to come and ask you, hey, tell me more about this God. It matters to be reflecting in your life. And that's why God has positioned each one of us with that assignment wide in us, fully, fully loaded with resources so that we can outperform the worldly way. So that we build a credibility so much that others should ask, who is your God? Can you tell me about your God? I had one of my leader once ask me, hey, you, you become a beast when you get on a stage. What happens to you? I told him, do you really want to know? Yeah, yeah, I want to know because I, I'm struggling to do that. I said, let's go aside and talk about it. And we spoke. I did tell that I operate under the grace of God. I believe in a God. I was like this, but today I do this because the grace of God is manifesting in our life. I believe in this God. Do you want to try? Do you want to try? You see that? Then, then the conversation goes on. I had another leader who walked up to me and he said, how do you do this? So he knew I do this program called Lead Like Jesus. So he asked me, is this something to do with the Lead Like Jesus that you do? So he connected what I do in my work with my Lead Like Jesus work. You see that? And I said, yes, it is connected. Do you want to participate in that workshop? Yes, I want to participate in that workshop. So he, in fact, he is behind me to organize one for the leaders where he said, I will get all the people. I will get all the people to attend the session. 
You see, God wants to reveal Himself not by just the words, but by our actions, our lifestyle, and our results. And God can make us 10 times better. So what do we do? There are certain things that I want to encourage you to do. I wrote this down in a paper and I was telling Pastor Jijo, this is a fresh download that I'm getting in the morning. All right. First, every day, accept your assignment. Don't drag your day. Don't wake up dragging as if you are purposeless. Children of God are not purposeless. Why? Because my father has written an assignment even before I was born. Because my father has put an, a, an appointment for me even before I was born. And that revelation is big because there was a long time I thought I'm good for nothing. When I realized my papa had a big dream, I got energized. That's an exciting news because the world did not have a dream for me. My teachers did not have a dream for me. My parents had small dreams for me. But my Papa God had a big dream for me. And that he had wired inside of me. And when I realized that he has appointed me, consecrated me, that life is different. I want you to wake up in the morning for an assignment from God. Do not drag yourself out of your bed. Now, two, in everything, acknowledge God. Everything acknowledge God. Every decision, every move, acknowledge God. I used to do this very regularly at my work. When I write an email and I send it, I send it in Jesus' name. If I'm writing a rough email, which is a not so good news for somebody, I speak peace and I send that email. If it's a conflict, I speak the speak peace of God over that situation. But in everything, acknowledge God. How can you and me ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit at our workplace? Acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. Always know that the person of the Holy Spirit is with us. Constantly want to nudge us and commune with us, telling us what needs to be done. Acknowledge Him in everything. This is a practice that I do and I found tremendous value. Every day before I step outside the door, I look up and I say, Lord, I declare your Lordship and authority over this day. Why? Because He's my King. He's my King. And I'm serving in His kingdom. And I want His Lordship and His authority over every situation in this day. And I declare the Lordship and authority over that day, over that situation. Be led in the Spirit. One good thing that you can do is speak in tongues. Tune yourself in the Spirit as much as you can. While you drive, while you are at work, but don't make a big scene out of it. I don't want you to sit in your workplace and people will know that you're crazy. You can still speak in tongues in a gentle way. Go around, walk, speak in tongues. When I do a session, before I do a session, I walk around in that room, touch the chairs, I pray in tongues. Why? Because, you know, it is very difficult sometimes to communicate to some tough audience. And it's, and, and it's only the Spirit of God that brings that, that atmosphere for somebody to learn. 
And so it's so easy to spend about a half an hour, one hour praying in tongues and then you go and do your work. The Holy Spirit does His work. He prepares the ground. He, he, he makes every crooked path straighten for the victory of the Lord. And He gives that environment to be a victorious environment. Speak in tongues. I don't want you to get into a boardroom and, you know, um, and, and, and start speaking in tongues. No, no, no. You need to be like Joseph, how he was in Egypt. He dressed up like an Egyptian. You need to be like Daniel, how he was in the other uh, kingdom. He was dressed up there like them. I don't want you to make a big scene out of it because what is inside of you is greater than what's outside. So you need to believe in that. And go in the presence of the Lord. Speak in tongues. Get connected in the Spirit. Because for God-sized problems, we need God-sized solution. And to need the God-sized solution, you need to tap into the Spirit of God. Spirit of God is the revealer of truth. Spirit of God is a teacher. Spirit of God knows the heart of the Father. And He reveals the truth to you. What was Joseph doing in the time of famine? He was doing a forecasting. In the next seven years, it's going to be like this. That's what we call it as forecasting. Okay, in church setting, we call it as a prophecy. Alright, so you and me in a boardroom, we might be prophesying, but we call it forecasting. And we might be saying, this is the right step to take. And I have done that. I have I've been in a situation where I'm, I'm with the leaders in a particular government in a country outside of India, and, and we are advising them, this is what you must do in the next three years, five years time. And some of those things while I was advising, I know it is not from me. It is not because I learned something. No, I know it's not from me. And when it got released and others are having a wide eyed open and they're like, wow, that looks fresh and nice. Where is it coming from? We're tapping into the Spirit because the Spirit of God is the revealer of truth. He knows the heart of the Father. He knows what's, uh, for what's in the end from the beginning, not us. And because He reveals what's going to come in the future, you can tap into it and release it. And that's why we are positioned in such places. Daniel was doing exactly the same. In fact, Daniel was interpreting tongues. On the wall, it was written in a language nobody understood. That's tongues, right? Yes? So he was interpreting what it is. So he had the gift of God inside of him. And we are all loaded with the gifts of God. It is not for a Sunday service alone. It is for us to take it into the marketplace. Where wisdom, the, the knowledge, the faith, the prophecy, the, the interpretation of tongues, all this is for our workplace. Go manifest the work and the presence of God in, the, in your place of assignment. Are you with me, church? Do you want to? Do you want to? I pray one more prayer every day. Lord, help me find favor in your sight and favor in the sight of people. Because Bible says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor in front of people and in front of God and man. Samuel grew in favor. Daniel was highly favored. Joseph was highly favored and Bible calls us you and me are highly favored of God highly favored of God so when I go to my workplace I declare God help me find favor in your sight today help me find favor in the sight of people and you know what favor does you know what favor does what does favor do what's an outcome of favor they, they kind of accept you 
they kind of like you they kind of want to hear from you they won't won't resist you and when i'm addressing a group of audience sometimes you know i feel they are they they against me like some of you here in the church today <laughs> i'm just kidding all right they against me you find it is very difficult to communicate but when i ask god for the favor i suddenly see the nodding the head the eyebrows going up they like they want to talk to you yeah i like that because in that environment i can speak wisdom of god and they will receive it so i ask god for favor i ask god for wisdom now you see the package in which i go into my workplace the spirit of god the word of god the grace of god the anointing of god upon your life and favor of god the the wisdom of god and you are a full package in the place of your assignment and god is asking us to go influence those places go bring the revelation of god in those places so that they will ask you who is the god of so and so who is the lord of so and so so that when we are in the midst of our prison the prison walls must break the bars must break the chains must break the prisoners must get loose we can't be a happy church in the midst of a prison we can't be just a just a group of people doing church doing praying no we are sent there to influence so that the prisoners has to be set free in your workplace this week i want to challenge you bring the rule of the lord in that place bring the influence of the lord in that place you be a blessing in that place let the blessing of god manifest through you through you and let people around you know that there is something about you that they should come and ask you what's so different about you and i pray this happens and i i believe this is a prophecy over each one of us that in the week to come we will take up our positions of assignment and we will not drag ourselves there we will go with that commitment with that passion to let god move through us how many of you want to say amen to it can we all rise up and let's pray thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wscc.in